This red carpet season, enjoy the award-winning entertainment you love with AT&T's Unlimited and More Premium Plan. Go to att.com slash unlimited to learn more. Hello, and welcome to The Awardist from Entertainment Weekly. Since last fall, we've been taking you inside this year's best contenders for the industry's biggest awards, and we're done. This is our, our season finale. <laughs> I'm your host, Shana Naomi Crockmall, the digital director at EW, and I am joined this week by EW senior writer and author of our awardist column, Pia Senaroy. Hello. Hi. And EW's deputy editor, Bill Keith. Hi. Thanks, you guys, for being with me through so much of this <laughs> award yes. season journey. This podcast is part of our comprehensive awards coverage in the magazine, online at EW.com. Uh, this week, we are finally at the finish line. The Oscars happened. I have Here my award are. season cold, still lingering. <laughs> oh. Like, never as fully committed to actually being like an illness. It's just sort of, you know, because of my commitment, to, because of my commitment to cinema, I'm often right. um, out later yes. than I need to be. So it's not like crazy, but it's just like, I'm, I'm ready for wellness to come back. Is that what happens after the Oscars? Do you find yourself actually getting back to it? Well, I mean, I can't tell you the number of things I said I will get to after the Oscars. That, I yes. said that today. I tweeted that today. I was like, oh, this is the day now that I've been telling people I would do things. Totally. I mean, I've yeah. All of a sudden, it's upon us. Right? Now we have to get to all these other things that we put off. If you're, already, if you're listening I've to, been this, to the anyone. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this and we owe you anything, it's it's happening very soon. Uh, let's talk about the Oscars. So uh, there was no one big sweeping winner of the night, but tell me your sort of, um, I don't know, biggest moment of the night. You were both there. You were in the room. Yeah. Bill, what what is the moment you will remember and what or what do you feel like was the most significant moment of the evening? Well, I just remember like right after Queen finished and they were fantastic and everyone was excited and it was sort of, or I don't even know if they were fantastic to be honest, but everyone was super into it. Like, they're people they're were really into always, it. But they're just they're, like yeah, a super queen. Good energy. Yeah. Um, and then like Regina King wins the first award and it's like, all right, like, and she set a tone that was awesome and everyone was like, okay, we're doing this. This is great. Like the right person won. All right. And then like, and it just felt like, at least to me, like I was like tearing up. I was like so excited. And then it was like when Ruth won and Hannah won yeah. and it was like, yes, yes. And I just remember being super excited. Like, and it, the room seemed super excited that things were going well. Yes, I think uh, that's kind of how it felt that there was just these really great monumental historic wins mm -hmm. in categories that you might not necessarily always pay attention mm -hmm. to. But I think like Ruth Carter winning for uh, costumes and I think uh, Hannah Beekler winning for production design. These were very important wins, not just for themselves, but, you know, they both said this, like what it means for like boys and girls out there watching them and people who just thought they were never going to crack into this kind of a, uh, a world now see themselves reflected in it and know that they can, and especially with the movie like Black Panther or Black Klansman, like they can really bring their own culture and background to it. The stories are diversifying, and I think that was really nice to see. Yeah. Um, but for me, I've got to say, my girl Olivia Coleman winning. Oh my God. She She's was great. my favorite. I actually. By I far the best speech of the night. That was my favorite speech, favorite moment. And truly, it's because. I know Brits have so much love for Olivia. We've seen her for so long just doing consistently stellar work. And I just think 
the excitement of seeing her on a stage like this, on a platform so global like this. I, I guess there's also a little bit of a, but she's ours, right. you know, she's <laughs> our little, like, she's our British queen. Um, so and now I, we have to share I thought it was also nice though that she seemed like uniquely humbled by it. Because yeah. I think there was a perception so that she just wouldn't, she'd be over it and doesn't care about the Oscars. It was the opposite. She was just yeah. sort of like, what am I doing here? I, I mean, know, I don't want to, I don't want to stereotype like too generally here, but like British people winning awards is, <laughs> the best yeah it is totally. always like there's always this amazing <laughs> mix oh, yeah. of like humility <laughs> but also like Not great showmanship and, and humor and a little yeah. bodiness and a little like it just yes. seems like there's that perfect storm and, and like with olivia i really do feel that she was not expecting it because quite we saw her yes we saw her consistently hanging out kind of um going back and forth from the bar that's uh behind the the kind of mm -hmm. the backstage area where all the celebs go and get their drinks and we saw her you know hanging out with her favorite castmates and director for a yeah. good chunk of the time and you know having a few drinks so like I actually really do think she was they very much that enjoying vibe that was very it. much like we don't have to worry we're not going we're to no, win no. anything tonight we're just here to have fun <laughs> we're just gonna enjoy and then it was like oh oh uh, I guess I need go, to go up to the go. stage <laughs> yeah okay. which is what you totally see in that but I just thought it was such a, a great moment I will say I was really I, I think you're simultaneously sort of sad for Glenn Close that she didn't win right uh, and we really thought she was going to, but quite honestly, I was, I was just really, I was so happy for Olivia. So that was my yeah. favorite moment. And then I think the moment that everybody was really excited for across the board was Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's oh, performance. Yes. And I can say as the person who was here in the newsroom, like all, like, the amount of screaming in the room here <laughs> oh before we God. even got to looking at the Twitter reaction was amazing. <laughs> Astound I mean, it was really, and then watching it again, every time we pulled up the video to put it into like a story or to talk, like it was still a little overwhelming, even yes. outside of that context of it. We were like, what is ha what's happening? Oh what's God. gonna happen next? What are you that doing? Look what's that going they on? gave at the end. Yeah. It's just I was like, uncomfortable. I mean, it every, was like borderline. I mean, it was really like, you guys know there's a camera on, right? right. I mean, I know you do. You definitely it's do. It's also just, obviously, you know, so many people have been sort of shipping them together. But of course, you know, Bradley Cooper is with there with his longtime girlfriend who was sat in between uh, him and Lady Gaga. So I think it was, it was this very... I think especially with moment. Gaga's announcement that her engagement had ended, right. like there was, there was well, just suddenly like thing people where it's went like, from like you guys were acting in a movie, to, but yeah. this is like you're just like looking at each other like in real life now, like you're yeah, not this isn't a movie anymore. This is, this is you two in real life. That's it's a question I would have been Jackson. curious to hear from them that I don't think anyone asked was like, were you playing that like a scene or was that just because they've also just been very enamored and like very grateful to each other right like, yeah right. so yes that i think that way i would and think i, I was gonna take a moment that after, was a moment after the uh, performance and it cut, cut to commercial so then bradley and, and lady gaga um came back through the stage to run to their seats and they both came back on holding hands he led her down everyone gets up and starts cheering and applauding them mm, as, as they go nice back to their comment. seats i mean it's really sweet but it was also like right. i mean you know <laughs> like really, what's happening i mean they are definitely stoking the flames here a little bit but you know clearly they're very and why didn't they do that three months ago then they could have won awards <laughs> yeah like, it was just like if we just want to talk strategy for a moment <laughs> 
Like, if they had done any of the stuff that they did in the past week. Could you have announced that you were, in fact, in love or just three like, months ago and then yeah. this would have somehow carried us through? I Is that mean, what you're I th- saying? I think that would have added. I, I do agree. I think could have knocked out yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Honestly, I do. No, I actually agree like, with you. If they had campaigned it with Art imitates life, imitates art. Right. Imitates. Uh, people love a good story yeah. like that. And I think, actually, we see a little bit of that with Rami and his relationship with Lucy Boynton. Yeah. Obviously, they play lovers in the movie and and he gave a really nice shout out to her uh, yesterday on stage and I think people do love a real life love story that sort of spills over I think with Bradley and Gaga like, yeah like mm-hmm. just even to play along yeah. with it I mean we've seen it this is an age old Hollywood trick a sure. lot of uh, a lot of people have uh, played into uh, are they aren't they you know to promote yeah. their movies and I'm not saying necessarily that you know that's a, a good thing to do it could be a bit exploitive but in in this case, clearly, there is um, there is a connection there that you know they do so they mine so well in the movie, but it, it's spilling over into real life. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so Olivia Coleman, Stars Born, those were the only two, the only win for each of those, right? Yeah. But it w- it was interesting. Every film in the best picture nominate in the best picture category won at least one award. Yeah. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody did take home four total. Black Panther three, Green Book and Roma each three also. But it was a real spread yeah. across it. Do you think that was? voters spreading the love around it was a strong year was it people were wary of various controversies attached to bohemian rhapsody or green book so they were kind of picking and choosing how to honor without going all in or was it a demographic split where we saw younger voters and newer voters perhaps to the academy flocking towards like the black panthers and the romas and more traditional voters going with i was thinking about this this morning about like why ultimately it was kind of like a huh of an awards because like you would think the opposite would be true right like of a movie just sweeping the whole thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i think because like no movie was like the movie of the night it Mm -hmm. kind of made the whole thing feel weird almost like there wasn't like a this year's oscars was so the year of right anything even though bohemian rhapsody won a lot like they won like sound mixing right you know so it was like they may have won four but it wasn't like rami and picture and you know so it was like all these movies like grabbed one which is like lovely for everyone involved but i don't know if it makes for like a good like moment who are the champions yeah like i think we saw um this pattern play out before i think this is one of the very few years that every single guild award uh, went to a different, different movie. Yeah. Mm. So we kind of saw this pattern no playing out early on where there was no clear winner. Um, I, I think the best picture race for me, I kept saying, was coming down to Roma and Green Book, uh, with Green Book having the edge. And I think that's what we did see playing out. But really, Green Book won the Producers Guild Award. And it's very rare for a movie to win a Producers Guild Award and not oh, go yeah. and win uh, best picture. So I think we knew that it was going that way. Um, I will say that the surprise of the night was Olivia Coleman beating mm-hmm. Glenn Close. Um, I think SAG Award winners tend to um, sort of then be replicated on stage. And uh, I think to not have Glenn there was a real surprise. But there has been momentum building um, for Olivia and the favorite, I think, the BAFTA wins. Mm-hmm. We, I sort of I, I sort of should have looked at that more. I think BAFTA is actually kind of an important one to look at because it helps to spotlight right. certain movies and performances that you might not have been paying attention to. So the favorite got this kind of late surge there. Mm-hmm. But all these wins being spread out, 
I think we were seeing that, you know, with Spike Lee having this historic nomination, it, it, his first nomination in the directing category, uh, but he was also nominated in, black, uh, in the adapted screenplay category. And a lot of people were saying, he's probably going to get adapted screenplay so that they can give director to Alfonso, who was the clear front runner mm -hmm. there. Well, I think it was what a lot of people did with voting for Roma for best picture and voting for, for Cold War for foreign. Yes. Like, people were worried about that split. And like, I think, and when we were talking to people for the secret ballot, like, yes. a, that's what a lot of people mm -hmm. actually talk about. Like, yep. trying to get, like, recognize yeah. different people for different things. And because it, it's not necessarily always just about, like, what is the best thing in this category? Yep. And when we had Ben Mankiewicz from TCM in here, like, two or three weeks ago, he joked about how all of his friends in Hollywood are like essentially 80 year old Academy members right. and that, you know, something I saw a little bit of a mention of on Twitter, but he said he had heard thoroughly was that almost all of that contingent of his, his, his old man crew yeah. were voting for Green Book for Best Picture. Yeah. About half of them were like, no, legitimately, we think this is the best picture. And the other half were really in a resistance, kind of like backlashy sort of way saying, don't tell me what to like. Don't tell me what's right. racist. Don't tell me I'm racist. Right. I'm going to vote for this. And I think there were a couple <laughs> of comments about that I saw making the rounds last night on social media that people were like somehow surprised by, but that was very much in keeping with what he was like, here are my odds, this is exactly what I think is gonna happen. And I think that's the key thing to remember that it's the Academy membership is still the majority older white male audience and Green Book is exactly the kind of film, it's one of the very few feel good films of the mm -hmm. year that there isn't any mm -hmm. tragedy in it. Um, and it doesn't make you uncomfortable watching it like Black Klansman would. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it wasn't provocative, it wasn't groundbreaking in a way that some of these other movies were or made them feel. And I think just because of that feel-good factor, the fact that it addresses racism and classism and does it in this neat, you know, glossy, very sort of Hollywood way in a way, I think, I think they were just gonna go with that. And uh, at the end of the day, the preferential voting system of that best picture category also means that perhaps uh, I feel like if they were going to go with Roma or the favorite um, as their perhaps top picks, perhaps Green Book was their mm -hmm. consistent number two pick even. Because they're um, still getting points towards their yeah, eventual exactly. win as you're ranking. And all you have to do is the, the, the movie that crosses that 51% votes, that, that's the movie that wins. So mm -hmm. clearly in this case, it was Green Book. Do we think overall there is that, I think we talked about this some already, like today and last night, that the demographic shift that the Academy has, has been trumpeting and saying they're working towards, it's not overnight, but it does seem to be making progress. Definitely, absolutely. it absolutely is. Um, and we talked, Pete and I have talked about this a great deal, but the nice thing is to see it happening in the non-splashy categories, yes. where it's actually harder to make an inroads. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it, like not that, I'm not saying it's easy for a, a woman of color to become a, a best actress mm -hmm. winner, but like for a woman, like for someone to break into production design and actually be able to win an Oscar, mm -hmm. like that's, that's a huge yeah. feat. And mm -hmm. to have these things happening at that level yes. is pretty great. I think that's really important to, to recognize. I think you're right. I think for a Hannah Beekler or a Ruth Carter, the important thing to recognize here, though, is that it's the movies that they work with Spike Lee and they work with Ryan Coogler. They've, they've come up through, like, for both of them to win for Black Panther. It's because Ryan Coogler here, mm -hmm. you know, has brought on a team that is diverse and is able to tell the story of Wakanda in the way that he wanted. And that's what's so important. It's not just about 
trying to break into the industry. It's about championing mm -hmm. stories yeah. that they can then bring this incredible like perspective and culture to that has been missing for so long. And being committed to building your teams with exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. There was a nice moment in the interview that our colleague Anthony Rosigan did with Kevin Feige last week where he talked about how he hired Hannah in the room basically after her. That was like the best presentation for production design they'd ever seen. And they were just like, what? It, yes, you. That sounds great. Let's yes. do this. Right. And that I mean, it's good to hear even that, like to hear yes. other men in positions of power in the industry really talk about how, yeah. of course, they're going to hire these women who are at the top of their game and are bringing such amazing work to the table. It's kind of like basically yep. taking what um, uh, Frances McDormand said at the yes. end of her win last year, and people were putting that in motion. And mm -hmm. yes. it works, and it is important, and it does make for better storytelling, and it does make for a huge shift in the industry. So, Yeah, and I will say for Marvel, um, you know, I think uh, you can't, really give them full credit overall. I mean, Black Panther was their 18th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. It took them a long time yeah. to get there. Uh, and, you know, Captain Marvel is their first, you know, female-led movie, that their 20th film, finally coming out this year. Yeah. It's taken them a decade to get to this point. And I will also say, I don't think they fully anticipated what Black Panther was mm -hmm. going to do. Um, I, I, you know, it came out in February last year and... Uh, and I just don't, I, I think they knew it would uh, appeal to a certain audience. I don't think anyone could have foreshadowed the impact it would have had. So, I, I, you know, I'm really glad that the, the good thing is that, you know, people like Kevin Feige, who I think for the longest time perhaps weren't looking mm -hmm. at, um, it, just just naturally not necessarily looking It's a nice reinforcement. To diversify. It's, like it's you good took that this they're risk looking. And yes. it really paid off in exactly. every possible way. And yeah. go do more of that. And that's <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> what has to happen. Yeah. Like things, yes. these risks have to pay off in a yeah. huge, huge, undeniable yeah. way like, before people are like, oh, right, so we oh, can't do that okay. again. Okay, yeah. great. The burden that, is so high on movies like this, but I think seeing Ruth win last night, seeing Hannah win last yeah. night, these were so monumental for those movies, for the industry mm -hmm. for all the decision makers sitting in that room there mm -hmm. to see those women on stage winning yeah. finally I think you know they I hope their mindsets are changing so that they are looking broadening their scope it's not that they have deliberately been keeping people out it's that they've just mm -hmm. never thought about mm -hmm. opening the doors to a, a broader more diverse mm -hmm. uh, talent group so I'm glad they are one, one thing the, we're talking about like opening doors and being yes. open to broader perspectives though that I would notice that like you kind of only get in the room is that there, I just feel like, and maybe it was like the floors that I was on, the people that I was <laughs> surrounded by, but like, people are still not ready to let network Netflix be a thing tell, for film. You mentioned that earlier, but tell me more what you mean by it's that. It's just, it, it, like everyone, like I mean, I, I can tell you, I heard count, not countless, a number of people say to me, I just don't want Roma to win. Just like, <clears throat> on principle, you know, and it, it's sort of like- You're not one of us. They're on board with obviously Alfonso Cuaron, like he's a sure. huge filmmaker, but like, there is that reluctance to like give over. I don't know if it's just like, is it like not having paid their dues yet, or is it like feeling threatened by it, or a mix of I mean, I think it's a mix of, of the amount of money that they spent on the campaign. Yes. Mm -hmm. And also just people being like, but the movie business, like the movie experience is cinematic, like that whole like mm -hmm. old school of like is this the end of movie theaters fear mm -hmm. um, that I think like older it's going to take a while like, even longer to probably grow through I also think uh, you've kind of got this additional element of 
this being a foreign language film. Yeah. Um, and a foreign language film has never won the Best mm -hmm. Picture Oscar, and it, I think it came very close this year Absolutely. with Netflix. Um, but like you said, Netflix spent a lot of money yeah. to get it uh, conversationally in the race. I think the theatrical conversation is important. There's especially, again, given the Academy uh, membership mm -hmm. skewing towards this mm -hmm. older uh, male sort of audience, there is a general resistance. Even Spielberg, a couple of weeks ago, was talking about, you know, he was champ championing the, the theatrical experience over streaming, even though he's got some things in the works yeah. for streaming. So I was kind of <laughs> like, really? But I, the way that I think he said, you know, a movie made for streaming is a, is a TV movie. I disagree. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Because I think, you know, a lot, I, I think uh, there's an entire generation now growing up yeah. watching movies on Netflix and Hulu totally. and streaming and not Just regarding it as any watch. different. Yeah. I think there is a resistance, though, in this uh, slightly older generation of what um, consumption is mm. when it yeah. comes to movies. I mean, I think it's because, like, my parents still go to the, like, the going to the movies on Friday night is still a thing for people in their 60s and 70s. I think eventizing yes. things is and absolutely eventizing. a thing for 20-year-olds. It just doesn't always have to be a film that that's the first place you see it. Exactly. It doesn't right. have to be. I think um, that, I think that cultural shift is going to take possibly even longer to work through than the question of representation, like yeah. the technical part of it. Yeah. Although yeah. on the representation point, I will say, I loved that with Coron winning uh, Best Director, five of the last yeah. six Best Picture, direct, uh, Best Directors have all been Mexican, which is totally. sort of crazy to think about when, I think again, like we talked about this a little bit. But is that Coron twice, about, by the way, right? It's yeah. almost all, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like several twice, like, yes. but what does that, mean for what we really continue to think of as American cinema, I think is really like a good question for us to be asking. And, yeah. and, and to think cool about what it move means of Quaron too, to be yeah. like, okay, so I did my yeah. English language film yes. that yeah. I won for, and now yeah. I'm actually gonna do the movie that I want to do. Yeah, yes. yeah. You know? I think it, like, was, it was great to see. I, I also really enjoyed the skill set as well. Like I think yes. if you're looking at the skill of a filmmaker this year, it's really hard to ignore Alfonso Cuaron's yeah. like, yeah. You know, oh, do you know how to make a movie? Oh, are you <laughs> I also really enjoyed last night after after a whole season in which like Spike Lee was very deliberately not talking about other films, and you had several experiences <laughs> trying to interview him or interviewing him, Pia, but where he like really he He's did like, not want to. He just talk straight about up was movies. like, I won't talk about other movies. Yeah. Very, Watching him um, <laughs> last night instead, yeah. like let me trash talk in the least subtle way possible how I feel about Green Book was I think not. Just just it, it didn't just like echo, I think, how a lot of people watching felt. It was sort of just delightful to watch him be petty about it. Like, I actually really enjoyed it. Backstage, yeah. his comments. I saw a couple of other ones that he made at various parties. There was like, he was. Oh, Spike is going off. Yeah. He is not yes. being restrained. Any I will say, I actually, I, I can respect why he wanted to be reserved uh, through the awards process. Um, I do think it's, well, it's very a good play, to be honest yeah i think it was you know smart to sort of just focus on your yeah. own movie this but... was a nice reminder that it was like not because he doesn't have something to say yeah I not think, because right? he can't top this he one was biting his tongue one liner yeah. with it he's like i have been saving <laughs> this like, up oh just oh, I'll, ask... I'll be with you in a moment i, yeah. need, <laughs> I need to gra gather some trophies yeah. and then i have some thoughts. yeah he's like he's biting his tongue all the way through and now we're seeing him uh, you know i i've got to say i this was an interesting one because i think some people at the governor's ball were sort of saying, oh, you know, it's not nice for him to be, uh, you know, talking mm -hmm. badly about other winners. And I was like, I kind of, I, I get that, but 
I actually, he's made, yeah. there's a very good point that he is making here that people have had about Green Book. Yeah. To have someone like Spike Lee specifically speaking out about it, I think was actually just generally trashing everyone else who made a film who no. went to him. It wasn't that kind it's of Green Book. Yeah. sort of moment. Well, I mean, it was, he did it say really he, he's lost out twice now to movies where someone's driving a car. Seemed like a fair, <laughs> a fair comment. Uh, we haven't really talked about Rami Malek at all, other than just, I mean, briefly, anything we want to say about that win? It wasn't as surprising as it would have been at the beginning of the season. Right. Um, they ran a great campaign. They ran a great campaign. He worked really hard to, <laughs> and people, people really like. I mean, I, I was surprised. I tweeted this last night, and I got some backlash. But where I was like, listen, it's not that Rami didn't do a good job. Totally. But I just cannot get over Christian Bale completely morphing into Dick right. Cheney and Vice. Sure. Like truly. There's yeah. like no, right, no, there's yeah. no comparison. There is the no comparison. Yeah. To me, if you're looking at performance yeah. this is meant to be best performance by an actor and i just thought i've got you know rami's accent bothered me but again i'm english and maybe that's just me and and i just found uh, he did a really great job but the movie wasn't very good he didn't sing he didn't he didn't sing yeah. and that's what people are saying that the clips they're showing he's lip syncing i just think well, Rami. I got uncomfortable when they showed the clip in the theater when he, like, at the awards when they were showing his clip. And yes. I was like, this is not a good demonstration of craft. No. Yeah. No. But uh, lovely guy and lovely performance, but like, Christian Bale as Dick Cheney is mind blowing. Yeah. Like, yeah. transformative experience watching him. I was like, what is happening here? I, and I also just not a perfect movie either. No. But like, if we're just talking straight up performance, performance. like, mm -hmm. it's really. Christian mm -hmm. Bale was flawless, and I do think that. Again, Rami's win is reflective of this older male voting audience who love Queen, mm -hmm. who uh, were Wanted very nostalgic to, about yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, and in a movie that I don't think was particularly great, but glosses sure. over a lot of the realities of Freddie Mercury's mm -hmm. life. Uh, I think they saw this again. It is a little bit of like the Green Book right. vibe of yeah, this, like, sort of feel good. But like I, when I walked out of Bohemian Rhapsody in, a, in like a screening situation, it's weird because we see these movies like usually well, well before like yeah. other people are. And so when I was like out in the real world hearing people talk about Bohemian Rhapsody, I was like, what? I mean, people what? love people Queen. Love people like music were, is good. Right. But like, like I, I, guess, I've, but. I flew back from New York on Friday, and fully a third of my flight was watching Bohemian right. Rhapsody, and I was like, oh, this would have been a great place to watch Bohemian Rhapsody on a plane. Yeah. I mean, honestly, okay. I regret every moment I spent <laughs> watching that film. I, I genuinely did not like it. I no, felt I, like I definitely it's... watched The Wife on a plane twice. I mean, I just... Yes, that was a good movie to watch a good, on a plane. That's a good It was, actually. Movie. Totally. I just don't understand, like, how a film can gloss over, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, some of the most important legacies of Freddie Mercury's life, and, and, and when you... Five minutes on the origin story, the boom boom clap. <laughs> your, your, favorite, your, your favorite scene of the year. Your favorite scene of the year. The boom okay. boom clap oh origin God. story. All right, let's. Is there anything we want to say about the broadcast itself? After all these months of like, this is what the Academy's going to do. This is what the producers are going to do. This is what they're not going to do. There's a host. There's a not a host. There's presenters. Look, I think like there Overall, will never be a host again. <laughs> that's your prediction. People are saying that. I mean, on the other hand, I felt like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph could have hosted the whole thing. And it you just, I think it's like yeah. you just send in a warm up. Act that like was essentially what they did. Yeah, and like get everyone fired up and then just go. Here's my complaint: I did not like Queen opening, Queen and Adam Lambert opening because 
we are not at the Grammys here. Mm -hmm. This is the Oscars right. and I wanted to see a celebration of film mm -hmm. and I would have loved to see this like great opening sketch with some familiar mm -hmm. faces um, doing something like and that. You don't need a host for that. You don't need a host. You, don't you can need absolutely produce a you, great right. opening number without... Call Debbie Allen. Debbie Allen Debbie would have been Allen, there and done that. Which uh, would have been great. Bill has been hugely uh, <laughs> champion. I, I also am a fan. But I just think, you know... I, I didn't think that resonated particularly, and I was kind of like, I mean, it got people energized, but honestly, as a viewer, like, we're, this is about movies, mm -hmm, and right. in a year with no host, a, a really it should point. have been about movies. And then they show, after that opening act, they show this montage of some of the year's biggest films, right? Hilariously, most of them were not nominated. Totally. Book Club was in there. <laughs> also then, there. Uh, um, Maureen, who wrote uh, our sort of like best highs and low moments of the night, pointed out that the longer clips that they showed from each of the films as they went through the night, yes. every single one of them contained major spoilers. So oh. if part of it was about <laughs> trying to, Get like, to if you watch, haven't seen right. this yes. movie, you should see this movie. Yes. Almost every single one of the eight contained like major pivotal <laughs> moments right, right, right. that would then actually possibly ruin, ruin your the movie for you. Yeah. Um, all right. When we come back, one last big bold take of the season. Final thoughts, last looks. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back. This red carpet season, enjoy the award-winning entertainment you love with AT&T's Unlimited and More Premium Plan. Get unlimited data and live TV, plus your choice of one of seven premium add-ons like HBO, Cinemax, or Pandora. Go to att.com unlimited to learn more. After 22 gigabytes per line per month, AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds when the network is busy. Note that video may be limited to standard definition. Choose one premium add-on only. Content programming, and channels subject to change. Additional usage, speed, limits, and other restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Awardist from Entertainment Weekly. I'm Shayna. I'm here with Pia and Bill. And, you know, we started early, so we, we challenged ourselves to make some big predictions, some bold takes back when we barely knew what we were talking about. And now we've gotten to the tail end of award season, but I, I still want to know from each of you, what is, what will, do you think, this is less about your personal memory of the evening, but like, what did this all matter? Now, you know, like what, of all of the wins that we saw of the, you know, sort of like sweeping optimism of the early part of the evening and then the end of the winners being a little all over the place were disappointing. What do you think collectively, culturally, will we remember about this even this time next year? What is it that will really have stuck around as being important about these Oscars? Like next year, 10 years from now, like what will be the legacy of this class of, of Oscar winners or contenders? Well, <laughs> I mean, I think it's what we were talking about before, right? Yes. That, like that this is an actual reflection of change in motion. Yes. And it's not just in like a marquee category. And I think this is this will be markedly the sea change year mm -hmm. where like stuff's happening and it's happening on every level. And it's not like everyone can sit back and relax about it, but this is like this is when it started happening. And hopefully it's just going to continue mm -hmm. and we won't five years from now be like, Oh my god, remember 
the Green Book year and we thought things were changing and now look at this lineup of nominees. I hope that's not the case. Yeah. It wouldn't seem that way since it's affecting every I mean, it was a night category. where we had more female winners than ever before, yep. more people of color. Like, yeah. So you would hope that those are indicators of change to come and not sort of just a blip. Yeah. Uh, even though it was it's, a year that we talked a lot about how there was this big asterisk for the lack of female directors and yes. a lot of other women whose work was not recognized at the end of, at least it didn't turn out to also be a night where few women won. Like a lot of women won. It was mm -hmm. There were so many women on stage yeah. throughout speaking, accepting. That was great to see. The most important thing I think to take away is that change is happening, but it's not there yet. Right. We're not there yet. Um, the fact is that female directors were very much left out of the race this year. Uh, and I think, you know, a movie like Green Book winning does still show that that uh, membership still has ways to go to be fully diversified because that was not the best movie of the year, in my opinion. There were definitely other movies that had a much stronger message uh, and execution in it as well. Um, but I sadly, think it's sort of like a nice reminder. Like Green Book's yes. is like, hey guys, don't get content or feel like the work That's is done it. here. Like, we, we don't still, get like, Yes. Lots to do still. Yeah. Lots to do. All right, that's our show. Uh, thank you. Uh, wait, can I give oh. out one shout out to my favorite person in the entire award season? Yes. And that's Richard E. Grant. Oh, yes. No Who one is your Oscar go-to? No one has life more and been just so, just so like genuinely thrilled. Yeah. And, like clearly he's a lovely man who ever, I, I feel like, He's re like gotten like 900 offers. Yeah. Oh, I hope. Anyway. I hope so. Too. I just loved that during the show yesterday because I could see him. He's just wearing this I great plum jacket. I walked in and I was like, oh. "This is perfect." <laughs> you had your. I, I, I just love that he was sat in his seat the entire time because oh, most really people were going see. back and forth yeah. from the bar. Yeah. He was sat there just engaged. He's at the Oscars. He was taking in every moment, and I really appreciated that. I, I, loved, loved, I loved that every time the camera showed Barry Jenkins, he was ecstatically happy for whoever was winning or whatever yeah. they were doing, like the whole yes. time. And I was just like, this is who he has been the whole time. Mm -hmm. He has like been full of love for other filmmakers. He has and, been. Oh and that God. was... He is such I mean, I was a loving, so, nurturing I'm, human being. Yes. He really is. I, I think it was great. I love seeing moments like that. There are filmmakers here who there, there's this kind of new, new sort of iteration of filmmakers who have come in and not only are they breaking new ground, but they are making sure that they are bringing up people with them in a quick, fast way. For Barry Jenkins, who did win big at the Spirit Awards the, the day mm -hmm. before the, the Oscars, um, he decided to dedicate his entire speech um, to uh, the women in his movie and how important it was for them to have a voice so that he could show their stories. And I just loved his speech. He, was, he made such a great point there. And that is the thing that people mm -hmm. are focusing on, that the change is happening, but there's so much more to be done. And so keep championing you know, more diverse talent and keep working on stories so that the green books of the world perhaps might not be on stage next year or the year after. <laughs> I'm excited to see who we will see next year and that hopefully it will continue that trend. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Pia and Bill, for joining me today and throughout this season. And all of the other great guests and interviews we've had on here has been amazing. If you're listening, you can find complete awardist and Oscars coverage um, still on EW.com and in the magazine. If you listen to Chasing Emmy, hosted by EW's editor-in-chief, Henry Goldblatt, they will be back in June with early contenders for the Emmys. It'll be here, it'll be called the awardist going forward. It'll be in this feed. So make sure you have subscribed so you can also hear our Emmys season awards thoughts um, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. 
While you're at it, check out our TV Critics Podcast, Best of Shows with Kristen Baldwin and Darren Franich. This week, they're talking about better things, finding Neverland, and now that Netflix has canceled all of its Marvel shows that it developed and and who really won in that relationship. Um, Plus, Darren and James Hibbert will be back with a full season of Game of Thrones commentary starting very soon. So please be sure you've subscribed to EW's Game of Thrones weekly podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us, listening to The Awardist from Entertainment Weekly. Have a great rest of your year. See good movies. Enjoy them.